The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Sam! This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to week five of college football. And Mizzou Tiger fans, we came away with a big win this week against uh, South Carolina, 24 to 10. And uh, there was a Big piece of news going into this game, and that was the suspension of Matty Mock, which led to the first ever start of Drew Locke. So with me to talk about it is, as always, Colin Anthony, Drew Locke's personal masseuse. Yeah, I specialize in deep tissue groin and hamstring massages. And... Uh, Brian Goers, who is uh, Steve Spurry's adult diaper changer. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, been a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> so, fellas, tell us, what are your thoughts about uh, this happy, happy week? I'm tumescent. Uh, I'm engorged. I don't know what ac- you know, adjective you want me to use. It's, uh, it's everything I thought it could be. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's not. I mean, I didn't see, you know, they didn't go bombs away with him, which like, I kind of thought they might. But uh, Drew Locke played... Efficient football, and the, the the one thing I found myself thinking was is uh, people thought, well, he didn't you know he didn't light it up. But I tell you what he did. We had an intermediate passing game. He just played pitch and catch football. He managed the game. You know, Matty Mock can throw a forty yard pass. You know, and we know Drew Locke can do that. But Drew Locke showed us something today that Matty Mock has never been able to show us, and that is just be a smart, consistent quarterback who doesn't cause turnovers. Well, and efficient. I think that was the yeah. other piece that, that Mock has never been is, is anything resembling efficient. And when you've got that efficiency, one of the stats that I think uh, if you look at Kentucky compared to today, our, our best receiver had three catches in the Kentucky game. We had two receivers with six catches today. Mm-hmm. And it's just that ability to you know, be efficient with the ball, make completions, keep Keep down seventy five percent completion. Yeah, and we've never seen anything like seventy five percent in the Maddie Mock era. Yeah, you know, like I say, he didn't light it up, but he was just yeah, like I say, efficient. He was smart. He didn't force the ball. He didn't cause turnovers. There's one pass that should have been intercepted. Yeah, there were a couple of but but oh, the, there were a couple the whole, of oh yeah, right. He's a freshman. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, uh, I think um, you know what I noticed immediately, and I'm sure our rest of the Tiger fans noticed is that. Um, an efficient passing game turns into running lanes. Right. I mean, you, you yep. can't just stack the box and dare Matty Mock to throw you interceptions when you've got somebody who's proficient at throwing passes in the, behind the line of scrimmage. Well, if, if you watch the game on um, the SEC Network, the commentators at one point, they, they pointed out there was a, they had a 4-1 
defensive set against the Tigers. I don't think we've seen that through any of the first four games, right? Four down linemen and one linebacker. No, I believe Kentucky had two, two down linemen half the time. Yeah, it it just that goes to show you the the difference in terms of like respect that uh, you know a fr- the fear of the passing game all of a sudden. Let's back up for just one second. Uh, Matty Mock was suspended earlier this week for undisclosed violation of team rules cocaine that we didn't. <laughs> hear what exactly it was or for how long the suspension was going to be cocaine but um <laughs> the thought process being that if Locke performed well cocaine that Matty Mock would not be the Tiger starter for the rest of this season what do you think about that do you think cocaine that Matty Mock will be starting another football cocaine game with the Tigers I think I, here's here's the sort of cynical take mm-hmm. Pinkle now has cover to just play you know um lock the rest of the, or at least the next couple of games and see how it plays out. You know, if he had gone, okay, you know, th- there would have been a good number of fans and coaches that would probably, well, let's go back to mock and, you know, we'll put him back in, yep. lock it back in and progress. Thank- but I think he's got the cover now to just go ahead and make the move. Thank you to mock for doing what Gary Pinkle wouldn't do. I mean, you know, if mock had him in toting around a pillowcase full of pure Bolivian shale, mm-hmm. we may have not to get see, see this kid play today. And yeah. I, so I feel like we owe a big special thanks to Matty mock. Mm-hmm. And and I, one of the other things that that this has given us is that like there's this sense of hope again. Like I, right. you know, I don't think Mizzou's going to go undefeated the rest of the season or anything. But it, like it almost feels like that after this, you know, twenty four to ten win. Right? It is weird. <laughs> I was utterly deflated after losing yeah. to Kentucky. We were here. We yeah. we heard it, Brennan. Well, and I think the thing <laughs> you that picked South it, Carolina <laughs> to win for God's sakes. <laughs> I did indeed. The the weird thing that about uh, this game versus the rest of the season is that. We had a f- efficient, you mentioned it, offense, an offense that yep. moved the ball and looked like on any one possession they could move the ball. Granted, we had three and outs. It wasn't like we were perfect, but we we could looked like a, a, a football team who knew how to run an offense. Is, is there anybody on the planet happier that Matty Mock is not the quarterback right now than Ish Witter? No. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe our receiving core. Ish Witter no. had the game of his life today. Well, and I, you know, Kudos to Locke for opening things up with a little bit of efficient passing. Um, but you have to give some credit to the offensive line. They pushed people yeah. off the ball more today than I had seen them at any point during the season. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is clearly what happens when you are no longer a one dimensional team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of Ishwitter, I felt really bad for him because he had 98 rushing yards and got taken out of the game. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, really? Can't give them at least one more crack at it? Just to be like, and, hey, pick up two yards. And, and it wasn't out. like they weren't running the ball after that. It, they yeah, didn't just yeah. immediately start the victory formation. They could have formation. just waited one extra play to go to victory formation mm-hmm. and given Ish a run. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I hope for, for Ish's sakes, the coach just, just didn't realize how close he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think offensive line, we had a couple of things that were a factor in making them look better. One, I think South Carolina wasn't very good. Uh, that right. can't be just, you know, we have to with take all that of this with, I think with everything we talk about tonight in terms of Mizzou, that it has to come back a little bit. South Carolina South. wasn't very good. Evan Bame. I think a big factor people haven't really talked about a lot was that while he has played every game, I don't think his ankle was a hundred percent. I don't think he had much lateral movement. And I think that did affect the play mm-hmm. of the interior line. Yeah. And I think also that, uh, since we, we had an injury and Taylor chapel went back to right guard or right tackle, mm-hmm. I think the I think the line has played a little bit better with that setup than they did prior. When you know you say South Carolina isn't very good, and I don't I don't dis- disagree with that, but are they better than UConn? 
<laughs> you know, are they better than Arkansas State? Because truthfully, you know, if even if um, South Carolina is a lateral movement and only as good as those two teams, Missouri played better today against South Carolina yeah. than they did against either one of those teams. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously the the quarterback played no small part in that. Well, and and it's going to look different, right? You see the final score, twenty four to ten. But really, the, their only touchdown came on the most fluke. Oh. Should have been picked off. Instead, lands right in the hands of the the you know South Carolina receiver. Can we go ahead? I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And say that was the curse of the North end zone after yeah. the Colorado fifth down game, uh, yeah. the Nebraska kicked ball, and now the bizarro uh, touchdown that South Carolina got off of the hands of us. Yeah. So, I mean, but with, with that exception, you know, our defense played pretty well, but I Brothers. think... Brothers, yeah. on one Does leg. Does he have a magic angle? Yeah. I don't know, because you talk about Evan Bame, and you talk about... Um, Hansborough both being hurt. He brother's injury looked as devastating as any either one of their injuries, and he's back on the field. He missed a sack by a hair today, but you know, mm-hmm. tackling mm-hmm. all over the field, just just hey. being just being brothers. You know, he was carted off the field last week, yeah. and I thought no way he's playing this week. Yeah. I think that was just, I thought that was all smoke and mirrors to screw up. I don't know how that guy walks around with balls that big. I mean, it just <laughs> it it, I don't. It's, it's got to be. You think it would be prohibitive on a football field? Sure, it affects speed at least, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but it doesn't seem to. You know, we're talking a lot about Locke and and what it's done for the offense, but I think the most encouraging thing today was the final drive of the game. And we're going to have to go back and look up how many minutes it actually ate up. But Absorbed, the fact, yeah. The fact that you got the ball back and it was like, okay, you know, just make a couple first downs, run the ball, and Grind the game is over. And Mizzou's not been able to do that. Uh, you know, even dating back to last year, we started. Well, Brian, they actually started on the series before that, like 14 minutes left in the fourth, yeah. fourth quarter. They tried to grind it out, and which kind of disconcerting because they went, they did a straight three and out. And you think, God damn it, you know, a little early to be yeah, playing if, field ma- time management football. Oh, I was, I was upset, but the, um, but then they come in, they do the exact same thing. 
on the uh, next series and just grind it out. It was beautiful yeah. to watch. So six minutes and 42 seconds, mm-hmm. a total of 12 plays. We only went 44 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, it that, was perfect. It was, you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, South Carolina only had one timeout at that point, in which they just gave up after uh, we got to the victory formation first down. You know, really, um, you know, of course, it, like you, uh, it's going to be a, a lot of Drew Locke talk, obviously, but you know, every facet of the game played pretty well, with uh, the exception of uh, Mister Fatoni. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Like after, I think that Drew, like Kirk Farmer's hair of praise. Yeah, that Kirk Farmer's hair award really went to his head. I feel like he's mm-hmm. literally. Yeah, his first punt was twenty four <laughs> yards. Hey, yo. Tony, what's going on, eh? Yeah. yeah Forget it, about it. Yeah. You get him next week, kid, eh? <laughs> but another... Also a true freshman. Well, yeah. sure. He can have his freshman moments, I guess. But another thing um, God, is... the kick... Like we, Brian, I don't want inter- to... Sure. we talk about the running back for a touchdown that was taken off the board by a block that didn't need to be made? Yeah. Oh. Well, it, yeah. But that was, that was, was another sign of, of, of uh, pro- progress for me because... Um, that was not Cheryl's back there. They they gave somebody else a yep. crack at it. Yeah, it just, was. Um, oh, our our other youngster. Yeah, we don't know who his name is, but he, he did a good job. That's because we're <laughs> a crack researcher. Hilton. Hilton. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cam Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think speaking of of Hilton and the rest of the receiving core, where did the drops go? You know. Yeah. And and well, I had, you know what? I kind of predicted that with the thrown ball of. Drew Locke. Yes. I mean, if yes. you don't have a duck coming your way, it's a little easier to catch a ball. And I think that that really is the case. I mean, if, if you've ever just got in the backyard and play catch, and you get a ball that's coming at you wobbly and you try to catch it versus a ball, even if it's coming you know 50 miles an hour at you, that's perfect tight spiral, is so much easier to catch no matter where it is. And it definitely the receiver stepped up in a huge way today. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Drew Locke throws a ball where it's really catch it or wear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna show, he's gonna send you a rifle shot. It's gonna be a tight spiral, yeah. Yeah. and it's gonna uh, you know bruise your sternum, or you're gonna catch it. <laughs> yeah, man, we haven't been used to seeing that because um, you know when Matty Mock was in the game, what? Huh? Huh? What's that noise? Hot lock, mock talk. Yep. <sighs> I I really hope that that's over. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? No, it's, it's <laughs> now it should be just be lock talk. Locktober mm-hmm. has begun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let which, me love that one, by the way. Ask Locktober. you guys this. Is there any way, I mean, is there any way that Gary Pinkle starts mock next week? A- any way. Fa- if he's a horrible football coach. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason I ask this is because um, Gary Pinkle has turned our program into something that it, it has never been before, at least not since the sixties. Where you expect a victory. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he almost gets like a free pass on just about everything just because he's done that. But if there was one thing that would make me super angry, angry enough to call for Gary Pinkle's head, with, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure in these circumstances I would do it. If he goes back to mock next week against Florida, uh, I would be upset would be a minimal. <laughs> yeah, I would start cutting myself just to, you know. I do wish, though, that that Locke could get – and this is this is the little bit of the frustration of just make this call at the beginning of the season because I feel like if Locke could get one more cupcake team under his belt, get that confidence built up, then have to play Florida, Georgia, back-to-back, that is a much – like I, I would feel so much more confident. I don't so know the this only kid way, lacks for confidence. <laughs> well, it, I realize he doesn't, but it, it's experience, I guess, is what I'm – in terms of my confidence in him. So I think the only way I can see in Pinkle's head rationalizing this is saying – We've got a really tough Florida team coming in. We'll go with the veteran guy over the inexperienced guy. That's the only way that I could see him. 
making that because if you just look at comparatively, right? I mean, his Locke's QBR today was the highest, I think, of of you know the season for Mizzou quarterbacks outside of his previous yeah. <laughs> QBRs when he just came in for one series or whatever. But uh, you know the the notion of if just the eye test, like I I don't I don't know how you could go back to. I don't, I don't know that the other players on the team would want that. I mean, yeah. they, there was there has to be an increased level of confidence the way they move the football. I think you could see it. I think you could see it overall. Especially talk, from the running back core. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. feel like there's a little, you know, he's good. People have confidence in him. And it, that just puts a little more pep in everybody's step. You know what I mean? It's just, well, it would be interesting to hear the take of, like, the other players' thoughts on Mock, right? Because if they already were really supportive of Mock going in, that transition's maybe not quite. But if they're sure. already frustrated and mm-hmm. then Locke comes in. I mean, if they're already frustrated with Mock and then he buries his head in a garbage sack full of cocaine and gets suspended. Sure. Allegedly. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, I mean, they're probably just like us at sitting around this table right now going, well. Why would you not say You know, I don't want to say out loud, the players, unlike us, don't want to say out loud that they have, a, you know, they would rather have Drew Locke. But yeah. Much they like would, Pinkle. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. Matty Mock has taken that, that yeah. bitter pill and uh, taken it out of their hands for them. You know, there was a, a moment in the, in the game where the South Carolina quarterback missed the wide open tight end going down the right-hand side towards the end, mm-hmm. which would have scored a touchdown. Yep, yep. And he, he came back running across, and the quarterback looks over, and they're, like, zoomed in on him. The quarterback looks over and says, my bad, sorry. And, like, the tight end didn't give him the time of day. He just ran. He didn't turn his head, just kept on running. You could tell he's frustrated. And I was, like, in my head, I'm like, that's every one of our ride receivers for the last four weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, and especially after a performance like Kentucky game, there can't, there has to have been – fissures in the cohesion of the offense or at yeah, least their yeah. team bond uh, with Matty Mock and and you know they're not immune to the talk around town and the well, calls you look at Twitter Lock. I mean they literally responding to fans you know mm-hmm. and, and you know Joe Jim, Jim, uh, Jamon Moore, Moore, Moore and with this tweet yeah, I mean, he was week, yeah. mixing it up with people by the way I didn't hear his name called much this week no no they didn't uh, feed him feed him feed him Nate Brown had a good game um Jim um, Reese, the tight end, the backup yeah. tight end for Colkin. He, he had, uh, I think, the only drop of the day, but he also had like seven catches, six right. catches. Yeah, his first pass. Reese, yeah, Reese had six catches. Uh, for, first uh, toss to him, he dropped and everything after that he brought in. So he had a good game. Well, and my hope is, you know, obviously we stick with Locke and then, you know, you progress with him, right? So his his longest pass of the day was like 17 yards. And I, I think that was even with a little bit of run after the catch, right? So he's not throwing the ball far downfield. But hopefully, as he progresses, as he, you know, I, I think you're right, Colin. He's got all the confidence in the world. But mm-hmm. the problem is, he needs that experience of, okay, that's not a very good throw. So let's let's look at the film on that one and talk about why well, it, never do that again. If yeah. I really had any frustration today with um, the offense, Missouri offense at all, it was really with play calling. You know, what I mean, I, I felt like they were a little too conservative at times. Um, sure. And I'm sure they simplified things for the new freshman quarterback. I mean, but, uh, you know, they never really took the top off the defense. You know, yeah. late in the game, they tried one time. It didn't, they didn't hook it up. But I honestly, you know, based on the way they had called place when Locke had taken these, you know, little series in the games previous, I thought they were going to be a lot of downfield passing. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of pitch and catch, which, like I said, is, uh, is something that I haven't seen in two or three years at Mizzou. You know, yeah. it's kind of been an all or nothing offense. Either you're throwing a bubble screen or you're going 40 yards down the field with a, the tornado of shit that is Matty Mock. I mean, it, yeah, they stayed away from the middle of the field. Like, I think when you go back, he threw 
at least half. Well, I think he threw like three fourths of his passes to the right hand side. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he's right handed. He takes that one. Takes just one looks. turn. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was by design. Pinkley even said after the game that, you know, at, at least in the second half, they were being more conservative with him than they were. I think going into thinking they would be. And yeah, I mean, it. I think what we're going to have to do is remind ourselves that he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it was in the Kentucky game. He had that one moment where he was driving us down the field and he, you know, should have should have thrown a touchdown pass, but underthrew it a very freshman moment. You know, he had the the should have been interception where he didn't even look at the linebacker. He just stared to his left that he was going to throw there and then turned and fired. So he's he's going to have those moments. And right. I mean, the best the best player on the team is always the backup quarterback. Right. For, it doesn't matter. Well, maybe not any team. But in this case, I think it was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, I mean, I feel like the starting quarterback's the best. Player. Yeah, but you know, I mean, before the today, I think it was there. Yes. Well, but my point is that there's going to be growing pains, and like I think if you're going to stick with Locke, you just have to give him the the benefit of the doubt when he throws a, a two interception, no touchdown game, and be like, okay, this is part of his learning development. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, nothing he does as a freshman will be any more frustrating or or devastating to a, a potential win than playing Matty Mock. That's be. fair. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. The, watching him play today and just manage the game and keep the offense moving made me go, well, Gary Pinkle cost us a game because he threw fucking Mock out there against Kentucky and the offense couldn't get crap going and you just can't help but think, what if? What if we just had to... What if we just done a little pitch and catch offense against Kentucky? Maybe let our defense have 15 seconds to catch a, catch a blow on the sidelines once in a while. You know, what if we score one more touchdown? You know, it, it's you know. The, well, that's that's the difference between an efficient quarterback, even if it's not many yards, and you know, a 50 percent passer. You know, you're how many three and tens did you think we had against the Kentucky game? And granted, there's still some three and longs, but at least you're you know three and seven three and six so it's you're not just completely like well let's hope we can get Locke 10 was, yards in one one play lock was good not great yeah. but good is worlds better than what we've been getting yeah right so well and one last thing i was going to talk about besides uh drew lock obviously the headline uh, russell hansborough again was listed at number one in the depth chart but i still think he's not 100 nope. percent. No. and uh, like what is going on with his ankle i mean it's week five now and even if it was a high ankle sprain, those things linger. You know, we've had injuries, and you talk about Kentrell Brothers getting carted off the uh, field last week and coming in and doing serious damage this week. When are we going to see 75% of the snaps going to Russell Hansborough? I don't know. I, I think they should have, after Ishwitter was playing well, and obviously Hunt played well, I, I don't know why Hansborough was in the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, your your running game is efficient. He's probably not having any hard for that time. Yeah, because that was what the sideline reporter said: is that he was like, "I'm ready to go. I'm good. I'm good." And the trainers were like, "Well, let's hold on for a second to make sure." I, I, I mean, Pinkles just is gonna have to sh- maybe shut him down for an entire game to just. Uh, <laughs> I told Brenda in the once. game, I was like, "Injury redshirt. Let's just bring him back next year. Let Locke have a year with him at next year." You know what I mean? He's he's obviously not healthy, and um, you know, if we could take, if you could get an injury redshirt for Hansborough right now. I'd take it if 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 South Carolina's offense or defensive line wasn't as bad as it looked like it might have been. If our offensive line has become more productive, if our running backs have become more productive, then maybe it's not such a bad thing that all these other guys are getting snaps. Uh, even Abington had a nice productive yeah. snap. His one, one snap that he saw today. 
Um, but who knows? I, I just it's it's I still don't know what to make of it. It was much more watchable this week than it had been the yeah, rest of the absolutely. season. But uh, who yeah. knows what it'll look like against Florida? Yeah. Well, well, I think the defense are, are clearly our front four and middle linebackers are great. It, it's the secondary that I think is a real big question mark. For the, of course, the we had three interceptions this week. But. <laughs> but, yeah, but those were just poorly thrown balls. Yeah, we I had mean, five th- poorly thrown balls. The two of them they dropped. Right. So, I, I mean, they still put up something like 186 yards of passing. and That up-the-middle pass, is still we're still susceptible yeah, to it. Yeah. So – that that is a big, you know. Clearly, Mizzou's going to have to thrive on we getting pressure. Therefore, our secondary looks good, as opposed to our secondary will get the sack. You know, mm-hmm. that's not going to be our mo this year. Well, guys, why don't we take our first break? We'll come back and we'll uh, take a look at the rest of the league. Maybe see if there's any news to report. This is the Mizzoucast. <laughs> Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway, 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix, phones fixed fast. Doing for podcasting what John Carter did for the film industry, the Mazad cast. So we're back, folks, and um, I guess it's the time of day where we look into a, what our neighbors to the west have been up to, good folks of Kansas. And so this is Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Our first story coming to us from northern Kansas. Man tries to start all white communities in northern Kansas. I'm pretty sure that's some, uh, the majority of Kansas anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Um, yeah, I'm a white supremacist, Craig Cobb said in a Facebook page called Pioneer Little Europe, or PLE, which supports and builds all white communities. Uh, when talked to Cobb by phone, he said, we have the right to live amongst our own people. He believes anyone who is not a descendant from pioneer settlers is an outsider. Now, a black guy, according to the 1965 law, would be also welcome, but we're not going to send out a welcome wagon for them, or to a Mexican, or to a Mexican illegal, or to a Syrian ISIS poser, Cobb said. According to county and city officials in several northern Kansas towns, Cobb wants to start all white communities here. The Smith County appraiser said Cobb came in asking about distressed homes. So far, he hasn't had any luck buying properties. Mona Johnson lives in Smith Center and says she saw posts about it on social media. I wouldn't like it. I don't think a lot of these people are going to like it, she said. You drive through town and see a lot of American flags, and I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't even know <laughs> whose side she's on, really. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Wait, is there a town that you drive through that you you see other kinds of flags? Yeah, ISIS like, flags, a lot of them, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, Mississippi, maybe? 
those we spoke to in Smith Center were concerned, someone like Cobb would move in. Well, let's just put it this way. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't want him living next door to me, Johnson said. I guess I wouldn't expect uh, – you know, Mississippi would be another one that I would just assume that, that they're trying to start all white communities mm-hmm. as well. Well, I don't know. I actually feel like Mississippi has a fairly large black population. But I've, I've – if you get outside of the Kansas City metro area, I mean I feel like uh, black folk are pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what this fellow's after, but, uh, I, you know, hey, he doesn't want ISIS posers around, guys. I mean, what do you want to do? Well, I just feel like just move to Kansas, and then, you know, yeah. problem solved. You don't really have to do anything else. Like you said, it's, uh, if that's what we feel, and, you're in Kansas. And descendant You want to be around fellow racists, there you are. pioneers, like, that's pretty – is he? Like, <laughs> so, someone yeah. should go back and look that up, because I feel like that's actually like a Sons pretty, of the Revolution, can he really trace his yeah, descendancy to yeah. pioneers? Well, a little trouble here. According to news outlets from neighboring Nebraska, Cobb is on probation for a felony for terrorizing his neighbors. <laughs> well, I don't know what that's quite about. Strange. But, uh, yeah. Strange. I, I, I can't believe this guy would have maybe been you know, a less than stand-up uh, individual. Yeah. Is what you call your everyday average Kansan. Let's see. Next story. Burlington, Kansas. Police say man stabbed with screwdriver in his Kansas home. Of course he was. Did he stab himself? A man is in critical condition after police say he was critical. stabbed with a cru- screwdriver in his Burlington home. Uh, WIBW reports the man was injured Saturday afternoon. The Coffee County Sheriff's Office says he dialed 911 to report his home and trailer had been broken into. Police said that while he was on the phone with dispatch, a man who was hiding in the home jumped out with a large screwdriver and stabbed the victim in the stomach. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I, my question is about this home and trailer situation. Yeah, one, <laughs> it one seems like they're one and same. Redundant to yeah, mention them yeah, both, right? Yeah. Uh, or maybe he connected them. You know? <laughs> the victim was transported to a Topeka hospital, according to the Coffee County Sheriff. Police are still looking for the suspect, described as six foot tall, black male wearing blue jeans and sandals. Rogers said the suspect was also wearing a red or maroon shirt. The investigation is ongoing, and certainly I hope they get to the bottom of whether this was a red or maroon shirt. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, you know, I wish I knew the details of the screwdriver as well. Yeah, was it flat, flat or screwdriver? Phillips yeah, head? Phillips head? Yeah, hex, possibly. Oh, we don't hear a lot of hex Ooh. crimes. but That might be why the injury is so devastating, critical condition, because <laughs> yeah. it's the hex head. Yeah. But uh, it, it has a tighter uh, damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, next, next story here. Kansas family finds snake in toilet. Kansas City, Kansas, a Kansas family found an unwelcome visitor in their bathroom when a snake was discovered in their toilet. Jamie Garcia uh, said she was getting her sons Andrew and Alex ready for bed when one of them went to use the bathroom and found the snake in the toilet. I have two kids. I know nothing about snakes, so I didn't know what to do, said Garcia. (laughs) Those are obvious conclusions to draw. Yeah. Uh, Garcia and her family moved into the house a week ago. Neighbors said the family that lived in the house before them did have snakes. Oh. Plural. Uh-oh. Did they miss one? <laughs> if you actually keep snakes in your home, is finding one in your toilet uh, worthy of the news? Oh, sorry. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Garcia had friends come over to help coaxed the snake out but it refused to move they eventually coaxed the snake that is what actually should have been reported on what methods were used to yeah coax I, i'm the sure snake there out. was some sort of middle eastern You're flute <laughs> it's uh, not rising <laughs> uh, they eventually removed the toilet brought it outside and smashed it open with a hammer <laughs> what <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not true. <laughs> they eventually removed the toilet, brought it from outside, and smashed it open with a hammer. The man who pulled the snake from the toilet said he is going to keep the snake. <laughs> End of story. For dinner. <laughs> so He's going to keep the snake until he why did, it for his Why dinner. did they just invite him over to pull the snake out? The story took a dramatic left <laughs> yeah. turn to me when they felt they needed to remove the entire <laughs> toilet and then smash it to bits. And then the guy said, my snake. I own it now. They now have $500 worth this of is water, my snake now. water damage in their bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when they find a snake in the refrigerator? Or, you know what I mean? Like, the whole house could go up in it, flames. In their car. They're just yeah. like, well, nope. Get the, get the sledgehammer. We're going to beat the car to death. <laughs> There's only one way to get a snake out of a car. <laughs> Honey, bring me my sledgehammer. <laughs> Just drive into the lake. Bring me my snake hammer. <laughs> well, that's the Kansas news for the day. But, Brian, I think we have another story. Can you pull up what perhaps the Kansas Jayhawk football program did for the day? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, as is every week in Kansas, uh, Kansas had to play a football game. Right. And uh, the lucky recipient was Iowa State this year or mm-hmm. this week with a thirty-eight to thirteen victory over the Jayhawks. Well, Brian, in Kansas's defense, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Iowa State is a juggernaut of college football. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, no, they're now two and two on the season. Oh, well, that's a shame. I thought in that the somebody had told me that it was. But really don't good. worry, no fear if you're a Kansas Jayhawk fan, because next week you get Baylor. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I'm gonna tell you what. The uh, real question is: When Texas and Kansas play each other, does Kansas have a chance? Wow! You know, 99 times out of 100, um, traditionally, I would have said 100 no. million. No. You, no, 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 you no, no. pronounce that word. It's 100 yeah. million. Um, but uh, this year, go. Don't. Well, Texas don't know. TCU is um, pushing Texas's turds away. Way up inside them. Mm-hmm. 50 to 7. It is a train wreck. Yeah. Yes, it is a train wreck. And uh, Texas is hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. But, uh, so, you know, good luck to Kansas next week. And then they, they play Baylor. Let's, I'm done talking about Kansas. I hate that state. <laughs> Let's look instead forward to the SEC uh, in week six. I mean, there are a lot of – we're recording this. It's uh, mid at, mid-evening uh, Saturday after the Tigers game. We've – uh, celebrated, but there are a lot of games left to be played. We won't know uh, what the outcomes are, but we can look forward to uh, next week's slate of games and uh, maybe make a few picks. So, uh, Brian, what do we got on the docket for next week? Yeah, absolutely. And a game that I think will be easy to pick, Ole Miss uh, will be playing New Mexico State. Mm, yeah. Um, We're not going to mess with that one. Ole Miss across the board. Yep. <laughs> across the board. Uh, South Carolina, when the it rains, it pours. Uh, will have hosting LSU. Oof. Oh, poor. They thought Ish Witter was a handful of tackle. Leonard Fournette. Jesus, Mary yeah. Joseph. We're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and pull LSU across the board on that one too. Have any disagreement, fellas? No, nope. I don't think so. Uh, Mississippi State will host Troy. Okay, boy, this is an exciting docket so far. Yeah. yeah. Look out, television sets. Alabama will play host to Arkansas. Okay. Well, that'll be fun to watch Arkansas get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. But I, is there any reason we can't? Now, keep in mind, I'm going to stop us here as we just pick the same thing over and over because they're easy. We're going to have to pick an upset, right? Yeah. The, there is, we are required by state law now to pick one upset. Thanks, Nixon. <laughs> yeah. So we're running out of games. Alabama across the board against Arkansas. Well, there are two games left next week. One is Tennessee hosting the Georgia Bulldogs, who, assuming everything plays out 
smoothly over the rest yeah. of the game. Speaking of your turds pushed way up there. Will result mm-hmm. in a loss to Alabama this week. Right. So they'll be coming off of a loss playing Tennessee. Yeah. Alabama has turned that game into a very rugged, rough, male-on-male shower scene mm-hmm. from the Shawshank Redemption. In fact, that game, ugly. Poor that game has Andy gone Dufresne. Final. Oh, Andy. Yeah, that game has gone final. So Alabama beats Georgia at Athens. Yeah. A hundred to nothing, I think, was the score. It wasn't close. No, they had a field goal. Don't don't short shift Georgia. Um, Yeah, so Georgia versus Tennessee, you say? Yep, at Tennessee. Tennessee obviously has been a raging ball turd for the most part. Um, (laughs) But, and Georgia will be coming off of this loss, I'm sure. And then the smart money's on Georgia, obviously. But we've got, what, three games left on our uh, slate? Uh, there's just two. There's just this one and then the Missouri game. That's it? Cool. It's a short week. Uh, we've got so we a lot of buys up, so. kicking in next week. Well, we could always go back, I guess. Uh, you want to pick an upset? You want to go? What are you going to do? I'm going to stick with Georgia. I think Tennessee is just, they came in with a lot of hype and just has not <laughs> delivered on it. <laughs> Colin, what do you want to do? Uh, Blow uh, some hot air. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Georgia. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, it, I especially the way they're losing this week, I feel like they are going to punish Tennessee for the embarrassment of this week. Okay, well, let's go back here because I said we were going to have to pick a, an upset. None of us have. Um, it looks like a pretty obvious slate of games. Um, Brian, why don't you look through the docket and see where would you change one and say, oh, I'm going to pick an upset. Well, if I was going to pick an upset, I think it would be the game we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fair enough, bring it. So the the final game in the SEC schedule is the Missouri homecoming game, mm-hmm. oldest first homecoming at the University of Missouri, against Florida, tw- number 25 Florida, who are currently undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, again, the, the difficult part is we're not going to get a chance to watch Ole Miss Florida, which mm-hmm. I think will tell us a lot about how that game will go. If they just get creamed by Ole Miss or they play well, then I, then I would change this. But... Since we have to pick an upset, I'm going to go ahead and take our Tigers over over the Florida Gators. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Why don't we all just pick our upset next week against the Florida Gators? Let's talk a little bit more about the SEC, though. Before we do, uh, let's just go around the horn. Jesus loves football. We kind of already did, but there's still a lot of stuff going on this week that we really haven't brought up. And to, in order to do that, we do need to bring in our uh, other analyst. Colin, would you help us with that? Come here, Paul. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. All right. So, uh, as we've talked about, alluded to, uh, Georgia, who was looking really good this season, was hoping to do what Ole Miss was able to do, which is uh, – defeat Alabama at home, but they not only were they unable to do so, they just they took lost an in. absolute beating. Yeah, they 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 uh, just got hammered. They fell apart. This was really the game of the week for the SEC, too. I mean, it looked like it would be a good Alabama matchup. looked like world beaters. Their offense looked good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I look, they looked better than they were, really, but uh, it was ugly. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's it, very I, sad. How do you fans. think that affects Georgia's season if it does at all? It really doesn't, in my mind, um, be, because um, Georgia's in the East. So, I mean, Georgia can lose this game, still win yep. the East, still go to the, the SEC championship game, and it doesn't really affect much. Well, here's the problem with that, right? So, in previous years, Missouri took its bad loss to a non conference yeah. team, right? Which kept you in the hunt for. Mm-hmm. 
you know the division you could lose to georgia maybe even lose to another sec team as long as you you know sort of beat everybody else and then georgia when georgia falls flat on its face you jump them well the problem with that is missouri's already taken their loss kentucky we i mean i think think we can all agree is is not going to win out in terms of the sec their schedule not sure about that so that leaves Georgia and Florida in the East. Well, Georgia with their one loss now, you got to think Florida will take a loss or two in terms of some of the, with their schedule. So I, I think it's still pretty much Georgia's conf- conference to lose. I think Georgia is going to win the East. Yes. What Paul, Paul said. That's what I was trying to say, but thank yeah. you. He's more articulate than you. Um, <laughs> well, he's got a you know full radio show. We just got a podcast. Yeah. One of the things I was going to say is that uh, Auburn managed to – Put together a win hey. against San Jose State. However, they still gave up like they, twenty-one points. They something. did. It was thirty-five to twenty-one. Even against a team like San Jose State, it wasn't impressive. Which is an all-girls community college, by the way. <laughs> what is going on with Auburn? How can they fall off so dramatically in a year? I'm gonna. My my theory is is that Gus Malzahn's sweaters are so bad that it's really starting to affect. Play. They're really sweater vests. Yeah, it just. They're, yeah, they're just. But it's really starting to affect the play. It's it's start that the players are. Uh, starting to to respond poorly to how um, stupid those look. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and the the crazy thing is, it's not like they were picked to be, you know, middling. Okay, and then it's oh, like, right. oh, they fell off. They some people are saying they're going to win a national championship, and not just not just people in Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the crazy part. Yeah, it's, they they're far from expectations. The other thing is um, looking forward to tonight is that Arkansas-Tennessee game because those are two programs who, like Auburn, have not lived up to expectations yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, it's a disappointing coach bowl. Yeah. And, uh, we're, you know, we're, it's early yet, but Tennessee has a 7 to nothing lead on Arkansas currently. Um, I think we picked, um, guys, I picked Arkansas to win. You both picked Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee looks like the stronger of the two programs maybe. I don't know. I think I think the thing is, Tennessee still has a lot of the talent that got them the hype up. They just managed to like get the expectation game up way too high. Like their their new coach has got his players in now. They're they're gonna be a decent team. I feel like they're gonna be like a Missouri, right? They'll they'll beat someone who it's like, oh, interesting. Didn't see that coming. And then they'll lose to someone like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Who did you just lose to? And and they have the ability, I think, with the the talent and their recruiting, especially they continue those classes to win the East. But obviously not this year. It was just an expectation thing. Yeah, it's it's a delusional fan base off. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's a in a lot of ways expectation <laughs> of of grandeur for these both these programs, and they have both just been toilet water. Later tonight, A and M plays Mississippi State, and A uh, and M's four and zero. Mississippi State's three and one. People are still sleeping on A and M a little bit, and I've mm-hmm. included myself in that. They're four and zero, and they've looked good. But I just, I think people got snake bit last year. Yeah, it's a little hard to buy in after you, you know, they got off such a hot start last year, and now uh, then they've kind of fell off a cliff. And you're afraid they can do that this year. I have for no really other reason than I think he sounds like a dum dum when he speaks. Uh, Sumlin, I think, is a dum dum. So mm-hmm. I always, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick him well, to be out coaching a close game most all the time. The mm-hmm. problem with A and M is that they have to play. I think it's like Alabama and then Ole Miss back to back. I mean, and th- right, this is the killer about the SEC conference compared hey, to we just played about, Kentucky and South Carolina back to back, Brian. So right. give us a little credit, thanks. <laughs> but this is the kicker about being in the SEC, right? Is and the thing that they always say is that you know people want to say the SEC is overrated. Okay, fine, that's fine. But you know. 
Florida, uh, Florida State doesn't have to play, you know, Alabama, who at any time could look like a national championship contender, even if they lose a game or two, and then go the next week play at Ole Miss, and then go the next week play LSU. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, the SEC West is just brutal in comparison to any other conference. You're right about that. Yeah, um, and I was going to ask you: Should Texas A&M win this evening, uh, go five and zero? Do you look at them in the same caliber of SEC West team as an LSU and Alabama and Ole Miss, or do you think they're? I don't. I, no. To me, despite what I'm seeing, LSU to me is the team to beat. They're undefeated, and they've got Fournette, and he just looks like an unstoppable bowling ball of butcher knives when he's running the football and. You know, as good as uh, Alabama looked tonight, they've already got a loss. So, you know, if I had to put money on it, you know, a team right now, I'm saying LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's good money. I mean, to spend yeah. if uh, – The Ole Miss is interesting case to me because it looks like nobody can stop them from putting points on the board. Um, it's not an indictment of Alabama or Ole Miss as much, but if I had to pick a team I'd like right now, it's, it's LSU. Well, let's look back to the East because that's where we sit. And we talked about Georgia, of course, because they're the front runner. But let's look ahead to next week. Uh, you know, everything's changed for us now that Drew Locke's the starting yeah. quarterback, and we have a semblance of an offense. Uh, Florida Gators are coming to town for homecoming, as Brian mentioned. What, what do you think, guys? Do, do we have a shot to beat Florida? And if so, why? Their, you know, their strength is defense, and as our strength is defense. I mean, really, I think it'll come come down to Drew Locke, and if is does he continue to make our offense relevant? Um. If he does, we have a very good chance at home. And if he doesn't, then you know, then we'll lose. But I want to go back to a little bit with Georgia, in that you know, and who is Drew Locke? <laughs> He's our quarterback. That's who he is. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But okay, imagine this first. I mean, Georgia just got a, their back broken at home against Alabama. Their coach is seat is getting very hot. I, I will float to you this theory, guys, that you know Georgia is kind of the outright favorite to win the East, but you know a loss like this could break a team spirit. And you're, you start reading articles in the paper and seeing on Twitter every day as a student, your coach is talking about being fired. That can really, I mean, Georgia. I could see Georgia limping home. You know what I mean? And that that's good news for the Tigers. Now, what um, Paul asked earlier about our quarterback? Yes, sir. That is funny because if you watched. Or listen to Brennan's preview show. Um, they're sleep- everyone's sleeping on Drew Locke a little bit. You know, they who is Drew Locke? Nobody knew. I mean, they're they're all thinking that because we're starting a freshman that we are behind the eight ball. And I think everybody who's a Mizzou fan was like, "Thank Christ!" Right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, we this was long, long overdue. How do they not know who he is? I mean, he's a four or five star recruit, depending on what recruiting service you use. He was on ESPN's Elite yeah. Eleven, and you have no clue who he is. Well, I mean, he's still a true freshman, and He's still coming in mid-season as opposed to going in at the start of the year. But I, you know, my thing is they talk to the but you know they talk to the guys like Dave Matter and the uh, Missouri media who know well who guys like Drew Locke are and and all season long all we've talked about is um, the underperformance of Matty Mock and how all we want to see is the long sinewy arms of Drew Locke march out on the field and brown and, flowing hair mm-hmm, and his, you know milky white skin. And, uh, you know, his athletic motion. The piercing blue eyes of a Siberian Husky. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, anyway, but, you know, the, the Paul Thimer of the world talk to these guys. They should 
have some clue. I mean, all they do, their entire job is to study 14 teams in college football, and uh, they don't seem to be able to go more than one deep on the depth chart for any one team that's not Alabama. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum is certainly not going beyond Alabama. No. Exactly. At least he admits it. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, yeah, um, I I don't know. I'm looking at this game against Florida. Um, I don't know what kind of expectations to have, I'll be honest. I mean, after Kentucky, I had no expectations going into the game. Um, I can see see our defense keeping us afloat long enough for Drew Locke to make things happen. I'll be honest. And and the healthier Russell Hansborough gets, the more our offensive line seems comfortable. We can compete with the East. I don't know if we can compete with anybody else, but the East is is still a winnable division. I see. Other I, than the Georgia, I will game. disagree. I, I will disagree, and I'll say Missouri is is the third best team in the East with even with Locke playing well. Go Tigers! I think he's the. I think they're the third best team. I think Florida. And and the big thing is Florida. I wish we we're having this this conversation after we saw the old miss game because I think that is gonna be Florida took care of business, right? They had their cupcake, they took care of business, they had their okay, they're a little bit better team, they took care of business, and now this is the first real test for them. Um and, and so I think that game will tell us a lot about Florida for next week and Florida. the weeks after. But it's definitely that uh, I think right now, if I had to pick, I'd, pick, I'd say Missouri is the, the third best team in the East. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. I mean, next week. True. Next week we'll determine uh, where we stack up against a team like Florida, which I think is an interesting matchup because there's no question that South Carolina is quite down this year, even compared to last year where they weren't great. Well, every game against the East opponent from this point forward on our schedule is the biggest game of our season. Mm-hmm. Because if there's any chance for us to win the East at this point, we can't afford to lose a single another game to an East. I mean, we we gave we we used our one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we lost yeah. to Kentucky. We're not yep. allowed to lose anymore, or you can flush that down the toilet. Yes, well, sir. Well, and I will say with Florida that you know they only beat Kentucky fourteen to nine. Right. It was- so it's not like they were. I think you know heads above Missouri necessarily, but they are. I think. In a better, they're obviously in a better position because they're two zero in the conference. But mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you this: Kentucky was without a doubt a better team than South Carolina. They were. I mean, I know we were kind of a different team yeah, with Matty Mock at the helm, absolutely. but Kentucky looked much better. Uh, certainly, they were at home too, but then South Carolina did. South Carolina never looked like they were going to contend for the win. Yeah, I would be shocked if the old ball coach is still coaching next year. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way they fire him there, but I, I can't imagine he's going to stay on in this come, condition. Well, I don't know how you can bring him back after. And I know just what was it two seasons ago? He had three straight eleven win seasons or something like that. Mm-hmm. But did they ever? I don't think they ever actually won the East. Did yeah, they? or did they maybe one year? I, so I mean, it's just uh, they didn't win the SEC. No, they've never won the SEC. And I feel like if if you've got those expectations with that coach, which I don't know why you wouldn't, um, like this is just unacceptable. Right? Train wreck is right. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I was talking uh, to a South Carolina guy this week, and he said though that Steve Spurrier, from his sources in the athletic department, Steve Spurrier, it's his job to give away. He's going to be there as long as he wants to be there. and uh, But I've also heard, uh, talking to a South Carolina fan today, that that uh, there's a lot of talk that he doesn't want to be there after this season. He's just tired of being a head football coach. The head football coach? Right. The old ball coach? So, yeah. Well, let me look, let me look ahead. Ball coach? 
That's exactly right. Okay. Thanks for coming. That's how he um, says it. Let's look ahead. Say we beat, let's look hypothetically, say we beat Florida. Now we're going to um, Georgia. We're five and one, one, you know, what, two and one in conference. We've, we've talked about this Georgia game as being an absolute no way we can win this game. Georgia's head and shoulders above everybody else in the East. But we still got to play them. We still got to give it our best shot. What strategy do we have? What did you see against Alabama, perhaps, that shows that you that how do you beat it? How do you beat a Georgia at Georgia? By the way, well, they were using a Alabama for a big part of that game was using a big hammer called Henry uh-huh. to bash into Georgia that we don't have. But they also, yeah. I mean, they also uh, really pressed them down the field. Had a couple of big plays. So you know, I feel like we do have the ability to do that. But I, but we seriously lack a Chubb. Henry Fournette type of back um, to to yeah. swing around. We need well, to, rush. to stop Chubb also. You know? Yeah. Well, and and they didn't though, really. I mean, so I think they still rushed for almost two hundred yards in that Georgia mm-hmm. almost yeah. rushed for two hundred yards. But I think if you look at the box score just for Alabama, they put you know they almost put up two hundred yards rushing and two hundred yards passing. So I think yeah, Mizzou does that. Sure, we got somewhat of a shot. Mm-hmm. Is Mizzou going to do that? No. Well, hope springs eternal. You know, the, the quarterback change has been made. Well, maybe. Right? I mean, that's, <laughs> well, right? that's a big uh, question mark in all this, Shut your mouth, too. Brian. <laughs> it's been made, goddamn. It is a good question. Do you think there's a scenario where Gary Pinkle brings Matty Bong back to starting quarterback? I don't know. I mean, look at yeah. the kid. He's covered in flop sweat. He's a whirling dervish. I mean, he just... Makes all those same mistakes. Oh, and God. I'm sick of talking we about Matty talk Bong's about errors. No, we can't. We can't talk about it. He's not... All, He's not the starting quarterback anymore, so you're going to talk about him like you would most backup quarterbacks, and that's not at all. Well, you know one thing I noticed about Drew Locke today, guys, is we talked about how Matty Mock scrambles back there, and uh, there were a couple of cases where our pocket broke down quickly. And He's got escapability. Drew, Drew Locke took a sack once or twice, um, but but he never pulled that move where he just ran backwards, flipped around, yeah. just scrambled back the line of scrimmage crazily. Yeah. Threw a strange. His closest and, one was that almost safety, which was bailed out by the. The officials, mm-hmm. right? And there were a couple but, times. Yeah. yeah, he reached and ran um, for a first down. That was and that's a jailbreak blitz too. We didn't pick that up at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing we've always talked about is, oh, Matty Mock brings his legs into the equation, and Drew Lock doesn't. But I don't think that's true. It's not necessarily true that Drew Lock can't scramble. He can. The difference between Matty Mock and Drew Lock is that Drew Lock isn't squirrely. You know, when right. Matty Mock runs, he's a squirrely like rabid. He's, rodent who can run around and hard, he's also hard faster. He's a fucking rockhead. You know, I mean, that, at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, that's what he is. He's just but a dumb Drew Locke's kid. not Peyton Manning back there. He can move. No, you know? he's, he's. I mean, this kid was a. This kid's a, a basketball player as well. I mean, he'd be playing college basketball right now if he was not such a good football player, yeah. and maybe not at the Division One level like he is with a football player. But you know, he was he was a talented athlete, mm-hmm. top to bottom, and he he showed you today that you know he can scramble for a first down. He's not slow. He's not a statue back there. So and. <clears throat> you know, I don't want to run first quarterback, and that's really not what Mock has ever been. But, um, you know, listen, I'll take my chances with Drew Locke all day long. Oh, sure. So here's here's my final question about the the game today to you guys. The, so the Columbia Missourian tweeted something out, and they asked, what should their headline be mm-hmm. for the uh, the paper tomorrow? really and, feels like that. I feel like that's their job. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also the Columbia Missourian. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and there are a couple of good tweets. I gotta give a shout out to um, uh, Southern Mizzou uh, that he tweeted. 
Maddie's mysterious suspension scheduled for second week, mm-hmm. which that would be great to hear. He also tweeted, uh, Maddie puts chewing gum under lunch table, season-long suspension. Yeah. But uh, what, that would certainly be better than the rumors I'm hearing. <laughs> if, yeah, right. If, if you guys had to uh, headline, serious or joking, you know, what would it be? About this week's game? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, October. It's a celebration. <laughs> That's pretty good one. Um... Maddie Mock, hot pile of garbage, uh, doesn't see field, or who is Maddie Mock, or uh, copious erections burst from seams of pants of all Mizzou fans as Mock throws <laughs> touchdowns. I, those are long headlines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good thing we didn't go into print media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just happy to see a win is part of the headline equation, actually, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I think that is the biggest thing, right? It, I mean, how he down, is risen, perhaps? How down <laughs> was everybody after last week's game? And, again, I think everybody kind of knows. It's got this feeling that, like, okay, he's a freshman. We'll see, uh, you know, maybe he starts next week. Maybe he doesn't. Like, who knows? He'll have down weeks. But, yeah, there is this sense of, like, okay. Like, oh, Drew Locke. Yeah, the season's, be not, thy name. the season's not lost. Thy right? will be like, done. Mm-hmm. Thy kingdom come. Even if as we, earth as it is on furrow field. Even if we're one went one game over five hundred at the end of the year, if Locke, if, to me, if Locke is the starting quarterback and progresses, and we go, you know, and and we, you know, let's say we we lose these next two games, and then you know we win a couple of the games we're supposed to win. Like I feel like I, I would count that as a, a good season. Mm-hmm. Well, my expectations for the season have changed. I mean, I was you know, cautiously, maybe less than cautiously optimistic that we would compete for another at least division title, but given the wide talent separation between the likes of us and Georgia, I'm hoping for just a decent bowl win in what I'm looking at is a rebuilding year for next year being quite hopeful given the amount of sheer talented young players that we have. My expectation is now that Drew Locke is starting, we win the national championship. <laughs> uh <laughs> Paul, calm down. Um, Drew Locke wins the Heisman, uh. um, <laughs> and uh, those are anything less than that. I'm going to be a screaming madman who is be, be calling for the entire the dismantling of the football program and the burning down of the athletic department. I think that's a really level headed and fair estimate <laughs> of the team. From a, it's from a, a realistic fan. view of what I am. Yeah, <laughs> really, from, realistically, what I would do from a fan. Yeah. So, Paul, I, we haven't asked you who do you think is going to win the game next week? Florida. Who? Florida. Okay, <laughs> thought so. Well, Paul was wrong this week. I'm very, very happy to hear it. I was wrong you this were week wrong too. As well. Yeah, I was quite the pessimist, but that's I own up to that. Although I, I will say this: had Mock started the game. You may have been right. Well, I'll say that. I made my pick before I knew about yeah. Mox yep. cooking, uns- you know, whatever he did at cooking to get suspended. <laughs> Didn't even know cooking that he was going to be suspended. I thought he would cooking be the starting quarterback. Yeah, well, um, I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but somebody dropped off a care package to Matty Mock, one that I knew he wouldn't be able to resist. I mean, someone knew he wouldn't be able to resist, and mm-hmm. uh, here we sit. And yeah. then called the police. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah, I didn't call the police. I called Gary Pinkle. All right, guys. Any closing <laughs> thoughts before we wrap a bow on this one? Oh, thank the Lord 
thank the sweet, sweet Lord that Matty Mock has, is a rockhead and got himself suspended. You know, it, I have to say, it just felt so good again to be winning. It was so much fun to watch football. Right. I mean, it's just been a slog all season long, and it reminded me how much fun it can be to win football games, and, yeah. and uh, hopefully that When your continue. offense works, how much yeah. more fun it is to watch well, football games. Well, and the defense games. is so damn good that they deserve to have an offense to work with, you yeah, know? It's, it's a shame to squander this defense with Matty Mock. Yeah, I, I mean, there's hope again. Hope right? springs I mean, I think, I think that's the, my big takeaway from the week. is, And, and it's not even necessary for me about this season. It's just in general about you know, the, the future. Mm-hmm. That you've got this kid for, well, three years because mm-hmm. he's probably going to the NFL yep. if he's this good of a passer. That first touchdown that he threw yeah, today, rifle shot. going back to his right, put it in a window just – Right in the perfect spot. You, see, I think every Tiger fan, you watch that replay and you say, "Matty Mock does not make that throw." <laughs> yeah, like it, start him. Right. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, that yeah, that's that's all the proof you need. Well, guys, we got one more thing to do. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Every week, every week, we have to choose a player who exemplifies all that it is to be Kirk Farmer's hair, golden spun beauty. Uh, the the envy of Helen of Troy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Brennan, who would you say this week that player is? You know, it, it's a tough call. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to go right for the easy pick and say Drew Locke, our new uh, starting quarterback, our freshman. But I have to give a shout-out to Ish Witter, who mm-hmm. played you know, 98 yards rushing at by far his best game of the year. Uh, they gave him the ball on third and goal on a short yardage situation. This time he poked it through. Don't know why they called that call. I don't know why Tyler Hunt didn't get that call, but he made good on it. Um, you know, Ish Witter looked good. He's a contender, I think, this week. Um, but you got to give it to the freshman who comes in. Ice Cole hasn't ever started a game. Goes into SEC play, and all he does is march his team down to victory. I give it to Drew Locke. Brian, what say you? Oh, yeah. There's, there's no question that's Drew Locke. I mean, Brendan, you mentioned it. Being a freshman coming in with with that kind of pressure of, you know, it, it's not like he won the job. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like Pinkle went and said, "I've got the confidence in you that I'm gonna name you the starter over over our experienced quarterback." You know, he got it because our experienced quarterback did something stupid. Okay, and whatever it may have been, cocaine. Sure. <laughs> um, so, it, without a question, and and I I should note that. You know, normally I have gone for our special teams mm-hmm, and yeah. Colin's best friend, uh, Fatoni. Hey, yo. And he, you know, he let me down this week so much. He, he had a so little bit much. of a rough game. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, he talked about it a little bit. Well, hey, it's unanimous. Drew Locke. It is Locktober. He is the Kirk Farmer's hair. Player of the game. You know, it, it, one day it may be the Drew Locke hair player of the game <laughs> fingers crossed but let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> all right fellas i think we've done all the damage we can do here i look forward to another drew lock victory next week uh, till then this has been the mazad cast and go tigers m-i-z z-o-u Your Bolivian shale.